Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the home of stupid. That's right. You're now listening to Common Man and T-Bone. For two seconds, someone acted like Piers Morgan to Piers Morgan, and he was like, I'm sorry, I can't take this. I have to go. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See you later. I'm not staying for this. No way. I like your accent, by the way. I think the That's entire stupid. show today should be done in your British accent. <laughs> I'll do my Dick Van Dyke fake British accent from Mary Poppins. Hello, Mary! And then we have some dancing cartoon penguins and... Jim Jiminy, Jim Jiminy, Jim Jim Jerry. Featuring Panama Ted, imported from Panama. Thank you, Ted. You suck. The Anna Ray on traffic. Five minute delay. And a bunch of internet sounds that make no sense. To reach around the guy. <laughs> you gotta squat and be ready. <laughs> Balls on his chest. Scrap in and strap it on. This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Oh, hello, man. Oh, we have a big program today. I started the show today by cutting my hand open on glass. What? Decided to start the show with just some flesh wounds. What happened? I got, I ordered a, a big framed picture in the mm-hmm. mail. Okay. And it, and it came today. And I was all excited and I... You know, open up the box and I take out the frame and it's just a million shards of glass. Oh, no. Broken completely, million shards of glass and it's all over the floor and I'm trying to pick up the big shards and vacuum up the little shards and through the course of that, cut my hand open right before the show. Mm. So bleeding profusely as we start uh, the program today. that's, uh, That's one of those times I would say for you... Where I, you know, people talk about karma and maybe karma does exist and maybe you will get it back eventually the right way, but maybe today, this was my karma. Well, no, this but was... here's, no, here's the thing. Today, earlier today, you swung over to my place and dropped off some freshly baked chocolate chip cookies. We were talking about chocolate chip cookies the other day. I paid you a compliment about your chocolate chip cookies. And then lo and behold, you surprised me with chocolate chip cookies. A very welcome and beautiful gesture by you. I truly appreciated it. And I thought to myself, as you pulled out of my driveway, I hope something good happens to Mike today. Mm-hmm. I hope he has See, a good- this and is then- a sign from God not to do anything good for anybody else. <laughs> and then this is how I talk to you the next time is where you're like, yeah. My uh, my big nice picture just exploded mm-hmm. in a bag and or in a in the shipping package, and so now it's all over the place. I'm sorry to hear that, buddy. That sucks. Uh, on campus today, all the news and notes you need coming up at 4:48. We will name drop with Jeff Rimmer in the five o'clock hour. Jackets beat Tampa last night, so good news. Everything is fixed. Mm-hmm. Here's what I've learned: if you fancy yourself a future NHL general manager, here's all you need to do. You need to get a team of bums and then find one goaltender who can stand on his head. Here's a bold prediction for you. If Elvis makes 37 saves from now until the end of the regular season, the Blue Jackets will sneak into the playoffs. That's my bold, <laughs> bleeding prediction for you on this sunny Wednesday. 
Uh, he uh, he was phenomenal last night, and even the goal that he let in, really, it just was a a bad glance that there were, wasn't much he could do with it. It bounced off, you know, and you just kind of sometimes have those moments. But otherwise, yeah, he he was fantastic. He's yeah. knocking pucks out of the air with his head at this point. <laughs> no, he was unreal. And so you're right. If he plays like that, you can sneak into the playoffs. I still say this. Do not change your plans if you are the Blue Jackets front office. If you looked at what happened over the weekend and you realized this team is mostly full of guys who are not going to get it done when you need them to, and I don't I don't look at last night as, as being any different from that. You didn't need this win. You needed the two that you had over the weekend, and you couldn't get them. Then you go play Tampa, and suddenly you show up and act like you're a real deal team. They're sitting there going, we play the Blue Jackets. It's probably going to be easy. Let's put McElhaney in the net tonight. Right. I mean, I just, I don't look at this as this big statement win that I I don't, I don't think many Jackets fans look at that either. I think everybody realizes what this team is. Mike, don't change your plans when it comes to the trade deadline. Don't think about, you know, oh, maybe we should do something different. No, get rid of the guys who are going to bring you some value and. This is serious. You need to get some assets back because this team is going to need a little bit of a rebuild. You are going to need a new head coach. I don't care what they say. John Tortorella should not be coaching this team next year. Quite honestly, shouldn't be coaching you it right now. You shouldn't be coaching it now. Right, but but don't get too hyped up on what you saw yesterday. I, I would need to see a solid couple weeks of not just that goaltending. I need that goaltending and then a way different performance from the rest of the team most of the time, right? I mean, that's that's... Yesterday did not show me that's a playoff no, team. It showed me they no. had a really hot goaltender, and then they stuck one in, you know, late in the game after the empty netter to to, to make it look it, a little it, more it respectful. Was fine. They were still yeah. outshot two to one on the right. evening. Look, you're right. If we see this for two weeks, then maybe we change our tune. I have seen nothing to tell me that this is coming the next two weeks. I heard Jody say this on the broadcast last night. He said, this team likes being the underdog. They were uncomfortable being the favorite, and they didn't like the notion that they were expected to win in Detroit. Well, then shame on this team, all right? That's such a loser mentality where it's, oh, well, if people expect us to be good, then we're not good. We want everybody to doubt us. That's a loser mentality. That is the 7-8 seed loser mentality. God forbid this team should grow to a point where they puff out their chest and say, yes, we're expected to win, and we will. That's the attitude that we have. Instead, it's everybody has to doubt us. We always have to be plucky. I'm tired of rooting for plucky teams. I want to root for good, skilled teams. Well, I want to root for teams that don't look at playing the worst teams in your division as a challenge that they have to overcome because, oh, people have expectations for us. I mean, I'm, I understand Jody is trying to figure out what's I'm going on with knocking, this team just I'm like everybody else. I'm not knocking Jody for No, it. I know. I'm saying I just think we're he's all trying right. to figure it out. He's yeah. right. That's the problem. Well, I, I, you know, they this time of year, right, they talk about how as you get closer to the playoffs, you find out what you're made of, you know, what's inside. Are, are, you, are, you, are you for real or are you not? Mike, you know what this team's made of inside, in my mind? And and please, Blue Jackets players who hear this and it gets back to you, change my mind. Please do. You are made of pyrite. I was obsessed with pyrite when I was a kid in school when I found out it was full What the hell school. is... Oh, I was going to... What school. the hell is pyrite? I remember, like, I used to collect it. I used to go to those little rock shops when you go to, like, uh, a museum or anywhere like that, and I'd always look for the pyrite because I thought it was cool that people actually thought this was gold, and it's not. It's just... 
a rock that's kind of neat looking. But if you didn't know what you were looking at, you would think it's cold. That's this Jackets team right now. You think maybe if you see a game like that where you get some great goaltending, you think, well, if they got that type of goaltending, who knows what they could do in the playoffs? Playoffs teams, they typically get great performances from goaltenders. Stop it. You know what this team is. When you need them to do something, they fall on their face. They are not constructed well. They are not coached well. Stop telling me that this team, something changed last night from this. And again, like I said, I don't think many Jackets fans are. But I am also trying to keep everyone realistic here. We got a long way to go before you can see something transformational with this team to make me believe that there's any type of hope for them if they were to make a playoff spot. I don't care about the math. I care about what I see on the ice. This team is not a for-real playoff team. Even if they make it there, they're not going to do anything. So stop giving me that. More Jackets conversation with Rimmer coming up at 534. Same two teams again tomorrow. Tournament last night. Gonzaga had no problems with USC. Of course, because T-Bone was rooting for USC, and they promptly lose. I have, I have killed every team I have picked up on and said, I'm rooting for these guys. I think they look pretty good. I'm excited to watch them do that. And How about Gonzaga, man? They They constantly... Like, every time you start to question, well, maybe this is the time where they get slipped up a little bit. USC's got some good matchups with Gonzaga. Nope, no problems for the Zags. They were phenomenal all night long and did not look to have any problems in this game. And Michigan loses to UCLA. That was a woofer of a game. Hey, UCLA, man, 11 seed. We were talking about this before the show. They were losing by 14 points to Michigan State in the 11 seed play-in game. Yep. They were losing by 14 points, and now they're in the Final Four. That is absolutely crazy to me where they came from. Yeah, it's it's a phenomenal run by them. I think it's a really cool story. Even when you look at their whole season, right? Mick Cronin was, number one, the selection of him over you know a few other – well, there wasn't over a few other coaches. Other coaches turned down UCLA. And yeah, he was like they, their fifth choice. Yeah, and, and then they got to him. And then a lot of the guys on this team were also uh, similarly not the first choice, right? You had one of their best recruits, I think, got flipped to go to the G League uh, and, and didn't end up coming to UCLA after he had already committed and it was thought he was going to do that. You had a player who I think sat out this year because of you know health concerns or whatever it was with COVID. And then you had another player who had a, a season-ending injury in December who was one of their better players. That's that's a lot to overcome and then still get to a point where you get to a Final Four. And I loved, like, Mick Crone and some of his quotes were just like, let's be honest, no one thought we were going to get here. And you're absolutely right. It, it is fun that it happened to Michigan. The game itself was not probably the most watchable game if you really enjoy scoring. But this is what Mick Crone and basketball teams tend to do. Not that UCLA has been doing this all year. They have had to be a different team. He hasn't coached them quite the same way, but... That That is what his teams usually are, pretty defensively sound, maybe not the best offense you're going to see, but they bring that other team down into a rock fight, and they make it messy. And they certainly did that to a highly talented and skilled Michigan team. So kudos to UCLA. So on Saturday, it'll be Houston against Baylor, and it'll be UCLA against Gonzaga. I was reading a piece this morning saying that the entire college basketball world wants to see Baylor against Gonzaga. I don't. I want to see where this goes with UCLA. What a story that would be. Gonzaga has not lost a game all season long. I just told you about UCLA, 11 seed, 14-point deficit in the play-in game. If they were to knock off Gonzaga and go to the championship game, that's one. I think we get jaded sometimes because we look at that UCLA name 
and we say, well, they're a blue blood, right? So they're in the final four. This is one hell of a story. This is one of the best stories of all time. Sure it is. And, and I know that the the name thing makes you feel like they're not underdogs. They they absolutely are in every sense of the word if you've watched any college basketball. So it's a, it's a weird thing that of Houston, Baylor, Gonzaga, and UCLA in men's basketball, UCLA is the, the Cinderella story. Yeah. That is such a weird thing to say, but yeah, I'm, I would love it if they knocked off Gonzaga. As much as watching Baylor and Gonzaga go at it for the championship, they were the two best teams in the preseason, all that stuff is cool. I thought we liked these type of Cinderella stories. Do we not? Like we need I to do. decide. Right. I think there's there's intrigue both ways. If it turns out that UCLA and Houston are playing for the national championship, there will be something for the like hardcore college basketball fan that will say, "Oh, these aren't the two best teams." But UCLA being there will just get sadly a lot of casual li- listeners and viewers will just sit there and go, "Wait a second. They're, UCLA? Oh yeah, they're pretty good, right?" No, not really, not this year, but they found a way to get there. We had a bit of a scary situation last night. Details coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. I got a couple of five-minute backups for you out there. You're going to find some slowdowns on I-70 downtown split eastbound between the 71-315 west split and the 71 east split. And more slowdowns on 71 northbound between I-70 and East Broad Street. Five-minute delays in that area. This traffic report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples has the technology, furniture, and supplies you need to upgrade your workspace and be productive at low prices. Now get Apple AirPods Pro for just $189. That's a $60 savings. In-store only offer ends on April 3rd. Limit two. Go wireless and save on Apple AirPods Pro at Staples. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Getting fatter and angrier by the minute. This is Common Man and T-Bone. On campus, all the news and notes you need coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. We will name drop with Jeff Rimmer at 534. Jackets get a victory last night. We had a little bit of a scary situation uh, during the early game last night. Between Gonzaga and USC, Burt Smith, one of the referees, like passed out on the court and had a medical issue. He was placed on a stretcher. He was moved off the court. Now, here's the good news. The good news is they never had to take him to the hospital. They took him, you know, in the bowels of the stadium, and I guess they hydrated him, and he was feeling better. He was lightheaded when he collapsed, and he hit his head on the floor. As he went down, it was a scary situation, but he never went to the hospital, and now I guess he's feeling much better. So best-case scenario there. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, whatever caused him to collapse would certainly be a concern right in the initial part of that. But then the way he fell, and it looked like his head was, I mean, from the early video I saw, it kind of looked like it hit his hit the floor pretty decently. Yeah, yeah. He that was would out. Be, like that would be then the other concern is well how hard did he hit his head did he suffer some other kind of injury after that because yeah it's that's all very uh, worrying so glad to hear that he's okay but um, it is something that I think uh, we have to keep in mind with you know referees they're obviously out there exerting themselves physically it's a you know very stressful situation I'm not even saying like the guy is in bad shape or anything like that I'm saying I can't imagine how much stress those those referees are under to get the calls right. You're physically exerting yourself. You've got all this pressure. 
You know, it's it's just got to be a lot. So I'm I'm kind of surprised we don't see guys getting a little woozy from time to time. It, it certainly makes sense that someone would have some issues depending on just all that pressure. And I get woozy watching the damn game. I know, right? I, I'm, I'm in lightheaded. horrible shape. I'm in horrible shape, and that's even without money on the game. So just wait until that happens. I'm going to be you're going to have me in the ICU just every. Every time I have a bet going. Here's another uh, college basketball tidbit for you. I saw this yesterday, actually. New Indiana head coach Mike Woodson has reached out to Larry Brown to take a position on his staff. Larry Brown, yes, that one, right? It's not his yeah. son. Larry Brown is 80 years young. We were sort of cracking jokes. Some people cracking jokes about Mike Woodson being 63. 63? Get the hell out of here. Larry Brown's going to put Mike Woodson over his knee and give him a spanking if he I doesn't mean, like things. He's is 80. This, is this more of a, uh, you know, if you're trying to get someone to notice you at the bar, you surround yourself with people who look uglier than you, and then hopefully that person will see you in the crowd and go, wow, they're very attractive. Like, is this his way of with recruits saying, I know people say I'm old, but you seen Lair? Like he's eighty years old. I'm 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 very young comparatively, and then maybe recruits don't notice the age thing. I don't think that should really matter. If I were, I thought a you recruit, were doing an ugly thing with Thad, where it's like, look no, how ugly Thad is. No. <laughs> I'm great looking. Thad's younger than both these guys. He, he he's is. a lot younger than both these guys. Yeah, he's sadly gonna, Larry Brown may look younger than Thad though. I. I <laughs> I know, but those guys both are going to walk into Thad's office and try to relate to him. They're going to be like, Thad, are you on TikTok? And he's like, oh, guys, I'm not a teenager. I'm 53 years old. Come on. Calm down. You don't have to treat me like I'm a kid. They're like, no, we're just trying to relate to you. They flip their hat backwards. They turn the seat around. They're just trying to talk to Thad and his kid lingo. It's going to be very awkward. Where was Larry Brown the last time we saw him? Was he at SMU? That's the last thing I was thinking he was doing but i don't know what he's done i think he was a spry 76 when he stepped down at smu uh it there's something on here it says auxilum torino i don't know what that is so apparently he was at smu from 2012 to 2016 was he coaching internationally was he like patino uh, uh, going to greece on june of june 12 2018 brown accepted the proposal of auxilium torino to become the new head coach of the italian basketball club in Lega Basket Syria. On June 17th, he became the new head coach. He was fired mid-season. Oh, no. With a record of 5-19. and 19. Oh, no. You can't get fired, Larry Brown. You can't go to Italy and get fired, man. That's what I'm like yelling at him from three years ago. He... <laughs> He's already done this. It's already happened. How did that, how did that escape our purview? These guys, are, these guys are insane. They're just, they're nuts. That's what it you is. You can't be a Hall of Famer and go to Italy and get fired after going 5-19. and 19. At How, least Patino, like, won the Greek championship, didn't he? Yes, right. I think he was, Dude, like, I'll never passing, forget yeah. where he's just, he's complaining about all the fans smoking in the arena. Yes. He, he complained about how it was bad for his health. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, at least he got to come back to coaching and be welcomed back by the NCAA, who have still not figured out how to punish him for his clear role in oh, they all the stuff. But they don't, they don't care. That's the th- that's why they haven't figured it out. I say they that, don't like, care. It, it like it's shocking that he got to go coach at Iona, but it's not shocking that like all of these other coaches, like Bill Self, has just been a thing. Like we've not 
he's not been fired or reprimanded or anything else. He's just there coaching at Kansas. Did you hear what Patino said innocence. after the season was over? Iona went to the to the NCAA tournament. Then I think they played one game and they were dead. They but, lost to Bama, I want to say. Yeah, yeah and, and after the season was over, he essentially said, Man, I love it at Iona. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he, he said, no one really pays attention to you. I can be here yes. for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he said that. And nobody, like, like, I'm surprised that the NCAA wasn't there instantly. Like, we need to check everything you're doing right now. He's basically saying it's great because no one's looking at you. You can kind of do whatever you want. There's no pressure. And if I win some games, I'm a god. Like, yes, why are we surprised that would appeal to Rick Pitino? Why? Uh, Bruce Arians said earlier in the season if the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, he would get a tattoo to celebrate it. And true to his word, he got one, and he took a picture of it. It's the Super Bowl logo, and I don't know where on his body he got it, but you know, he did. You know where it was on the on the culo. He, he went into that tattoo parlor and said, "I want it wide ass open. That's where I want it, right mm-hmm. there, right on my wide ass." Yeah, it is. It is nice that someone paid off on their bet, and I'm looking at Hugh, you, Hugh Jackson. Now I know that Hugh Jackson technically did jump into Lake Erie. Remember that they didn't win a game and. He said, if we don't win a game, I'll jump into a frozen Lake Erie. He put it off for a long time. Then eventually he, he did it, but he did it in June with like a hundred other people. And he didn't yeah. jump in. He just sort of walked in and said, well, all right, I, I've, yeah. I've done it. Yeah, it's, it's something that I, he turned it into a charitable thing that's very good and all that's nice and that's fine. The thing with Hugh is you, you knew what, the bet was, Hugh, you said you were going to jump into Lake Erie. We're not going 0 and 16. And then you, or we're not going to finish worse than last year is what he said. Cause they were 1 and 15. He set himself a ridiculously low bar and like, I, winning I, I one promise game. you, we will not be worse than last year. If we are, I'll jump in Lake Erie. And then they were worse, historically bad. And he waited until it got nice and warm and 80 degrees and then he jumped in. I yeah okay that's good I'm glad at least it raised money that was that was a nice thing you, you raised money I guess for a good cause so that's fine Chris Holtman gets himself some help details coming up next Common Man and T Bone on the fan fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for a disabled semi blocking the left lane of State Road 315 northbound at Town Street. Traffic is slow for I-70 in this area. There is a heavy wrecker on scene trying to get this cleaned up. A plan on some heavy backups in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by Delsum Cough. You could continuously cough for hours on end, or you could take Delsum Cough. Delsum Cough gives you 12 cough relief hours to help accomplish anything you want. Don't let coughing get in the way of your day. Try Delsum Cough and make the most of the next 12 hours. Visit Delsum, D-E-L-S-Y-M dot com. Use as directed. Only an array with fan traffic. Barely famous, incredibly stupid. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinder Motorsports here on The Fan. A reminder to you, on Friday, I'm going to unveil my top 10 pizza places in the state of Ohio. So tell your friends to listen to the show on Friday if you care about good pizza. Now, May can, I? I ask, can I ask one little hint? Yes, yes. Um, are any of these pizza places within the greater Columbus area? I presume yes. there will be at least a few. Okay. Because it, what will what will definitely be happening in my household is that either Friday night or perhaps sometime on Saturday, I will be making a call, I'm sure, to one of the places you recommend, because I'm guessing you'll pick one that I've not heard of or not had, 
and then that will be all I can think about until I have it. So, yeah, I just want to make sure I'm going to be able to get some pizza Friday or Saturday that's on this list. Well, good news. About half of the places are within our listening area. Wonderful. So, but I, I like a good reason to drive, too, to go get pizza. So don't put that past me either. I may just do that on Saturday. I may do a Columbus one on Friday. Saturday, go get my own pizza somewhere else. Before we talk about Buckeye basketball, allow me two minutes to rant about something. I know that's foreign, but which professional sport touts their history more than any other professional sport? I mean, I would say baseball. Yes, Major League Baseball, right? I mean, they sell that to you, apple pie, Cracker Jack, hot dog, baseball, all that crap, like a steam engine running through history. All I'm butchering the line. You know what I mean. Sure, yeah. The oldest team in Major League Baseball, I don't have to tell you, Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. And I don't understand why Major League Baseball doesn't celebrate the history of the Reds and in turn celebrate their own history by giving them the earliest window on opening day. This should be a thing. For a long time, it was, and not anymore. The Reds are starting with the Cardinals at 410, I think, tomorrow. You have games that start at 105. The Reds should have the early window on opening day. There should be no other game competing with the Reds for the first hour that they're playing. If you got a game starting at 1, the Reds need to be on at noon. And throughout the broadcast, you need to celebrate the history of not just the Cincinnati Reds, but Major League Baseball. Boston does it every single year in normal times on Patriots Day. For the Boston Marathon, they have the Red Sox that start at like 10.30 in the morning or 11 o'clock. I forget the time. They've got that exclusive exclusive window to themselves they do it every single year why the reds are starting at four instead of noon i have no idea if that's a reds call or if that's a major league baseball call either way i don't like it well if it's a reds call shame on them because that's just stupid on their part but i would assume it's not i would assume that's a major league baseball call i, I i'm with you mike i don't understand and if the argument is well, you know, they're a smaller market team. We got to leave the big market, you know, TV deals open. We TV That's they ridiculous. Set the schedule and one all that city, stuff. One city has a parade. Again, under normal <laughs> circumstances, right, not yes. this year. One city has a parade for opening day. It's the city of Cincinnati. Yeah, opening day in Cincinnati is just so different than anywhere else. And I say this not as a Reds fan. I am a Mets fan. You I'm are not a, a White Reds Sox fan, fan either, but right. I appreciate history. Absolutely. And and what I don't get is, you know, I, I know that a lot of NFL fans will, will, you know, stick out their tongue at this or want to vomit at it. But, like, do the, do, does the NFL shy away from one of the smallest markets in all of pro sports in Green Bay? No. You hear about Green Bay all the time, Lambeau Field all the time. It's just constantly thrown in your face about how the Packers are one of the most historic organizations. Obviously, they do the same thing with the Bears and some of these other big teams, but the Bears are in Chicago. That makes sense, right? It's a big city. Green Bay is not a big city, and they still highlight them and make them sound just as important as any other franchise, if not more important than most. And that's what I don't understand with the Reds. They could have been doing that all this time with the Reds and say, yeah, we don't care where Cincinnati's TV market is. We don't care that it's maybe not quite as big as, you know, Chicago or New York or LA. We, we want to highlight that this is important. And instead, when they do decide to go for that, like, Midwest plucky city that, you know, let's highlight all their great history, they usually go to St. Louis. Like, that's where they'll go and highlight, like, the smaller-ish market team, right? I mean, and that's, that's fine. St. Louis has plenty of history too, but, 
it should be opening day should belong to the Reds. I, I believe that is exactly right on your part, and it's a shame they're not doing it with them being the number one game yes. every single year. And to your point, I bet you the majority of baseball fans, if you ask them who's the oldest team in Major League Baseball, would not have the answer to that. Right. I think yeah. they've done a poor job with that messaging. You're right. They should be lo- they should be looking for things to highlight when it comes to smaller market teams. This is built in right for you. I I don't understand right. that. I also don't understand. It should be illegal. Yes, illegal I said. Throw people in jail for making this decision. Decision. It should be illegal to have your opening day be a night game. Do you know what time I get to watch my team open up the season tomorrow? Oh, I'm guessing it's a. T- are they on the road or are they at home? Ten o five. Yeah, I was going to say they're probably ten o five in Anaheim for the Angels. That's my opening day, ten o'clock at night. Yeah, I, I think that it would be a great thing to do to say we are going to have every team start off at one o'clock local time, except for the Reds, they start at noon or eleven thirty yes. or something like that. But every other team local time, one o'clock is when we're starting. This is a weird day. It's a one-off thing. It's not going to be that way the rest of the time. But this is opening day. It's special, and that way you get a you know early morning people who can go to the games when we fully get back to normal. You get up early. You head down to the ballpark. You're there all day long. You go out for dinner afterwards. It's just a celebration of baseball in your city. That is an ab- that's an easy one to do for Major League Baseball, and yet you're right. They refuse to do it. Uh, Buckeye basketball stuff. Uh, first of all, Musa Jallo has entered the transfer portal, so he's going to go away. Thoughts on that in a second. The Buckeyes have gotten themselves a transfer, grad transfer, senior from Penn State, Jamari Wheeler. 6'1", 170, last year averaged about seven points a game. Here's why I'm giddy about this guy. Each of the past two years, he's been an all-Big Ten defensive team selection. How many times this season have we been beating our head up against the wall? The way this team plays defense, especially the way their guards sometimes would play defense, now you're actually getting some assistance next year on the defensive side of the football. I am football, basketball. I am tickled about this. Yeah, it's also interesting because... Uh, Chris Holman singled him out after their game against the Nittany Lions and said, you know, he was one of the guys that was a warrior and, and was very competitive. And I never really, I don't think he was trying to necessarily recruit him away for Penn State or anything like that. But, you know, that probably meant something to him that Chris Holman noticed his play being on the other sideline. And you're right. Having someone at the top of the key who you can rely on to kind of get in the way and slow things down a bit, get into passing lanes, make it a little more difficult. That's excellent. That is that is something that has been a major oversight in this roster build of Ohio State. So, good. This will be a very big help, I think, for Ohio State basketball next year. So, Musa Jallo enters the transfer portal. Give me your thoughts on that. I think that he has always kind of been potential that never fully blossomed. I know that you'll hear people, and there have been games I've watched where I've definitely seen this, where he hasn't maybe scored a ton of points or any points, but he's he's been around in other ways, diving on the floor, picking up loose balls, you know, getting into passing lanes, maybe even not getting the steal, but making it difficult on a player that then coughs up a turnover, right? Like things like that are good. But I do think he has been more often than not 
a bit of a liability. I do think, yes, in modern college basketball, it helps if you can be a pretty consistent scoring threat to some level, or you have to be an excellent defender. And I don't think he ever really fit either of those molds. So I wish him well going forward. I don't hate the guy, but I don't think it's a tremendous loss to this team. No, he's been around the program for a while. He's never really blossomed into a scorer. And I mean, what, what did he average? Three points a game last year? Less? For sure, yeah. And he's just, he's never become that guy. And quite frankly, what was he, a three-star guy? He wasn't expected to be that guy. But you thought, we saw little glimmers here and there, that maybe he would sort of play above his skis. But that really hasn't happened. And this gives him an opportunity to go someplace else and get some playing time next year. Because I'm quite sure it was ultimately his decision. But Chris Holtman also strikes me as the type of guy who's going to be very honest with somebody. If they're on the fence about doing something, he's going to say, I think I'll have significant minutes for you, or I don't think I'll have significant minutes for you next season. Of course, you will be here. You will be on scholarship. I can't guarantee how much you'll play. And I think this is an opportunity for Musa Jallo to go someplace else and try and find some playing time next season. Well, and real quickly, that's that's how you navigate this particular situation, right? With having uh, the transfer portal is you have to be honest with the players that you know are not going to fit. And that may cause those players some heartaches some frustration, but it also may cause some of those players to say, all right, well, if you don't believe in me, that's I appreciate you telling me that I'm going to go somewhere else. And probably for Chris Holman, he's looking at that going, all right, well, I hate that that has to happen, but... I do have other players that want to come here and that I think will fit a little bit better too. So hopefully it's, it's not necessarily a win-win for Musa Jallo, but you know, at least he's being dealt with up front as opposed to maybe not hearing the full story. It sounds like. NBC may not be thrilled with the NFL's 17-game schedule, at least not initially. We'll talk about that coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You'll find that earlier disabled semi has been cleared from the roadway of State Road 315 northbound at Town Street. All lanes have reopened, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some backups coming from I-70. This traffic report is sponsored by Rumkey Waste and Recycling. Out of a job, why not get a career that is recession resistant? Rumkey Waste and Recycling is now hiring CDL drivers and helpers. Drivers receive a $7,500 signing bonus and helpers receive $2,000. No experience necessary? Apply now at RumkeyCareers.com. EOE restrictions apply. Elmiana Ray with Fan traffic like a sports drink but for that part of you that's thirsty for fart jokes back to man and bone name dropping with jeff rimmer coming up in the five o'clock hour jackets get a victory last night in tampa so the super bowl this year will be pushed back a week because they're adding a, a game to the regular season 17 game schedule and NBC is going to be carrying the Super Bowl this year. Here's the problem for them. I know it's weird to think about this because we haven't had the Summer Olympics yet, but the Winter Olympics are coming this winter from Beijing. And they will be going when the Super Bowl is played on Sunday, February 13th, which means NBC on that Sunday night and all day Sunday is not going to be able to run Olympic programming they paid handsomely for those Olympic rights. They're going to run Super Bowl programming. Now, they say, well, this is a win-win for us because we can promote the Super Bowl during the Olympics. We can promote the Winter Olympics during the Super Bowl, and all our advertisers are happy. B.S. There is no bigger night for the Olympics, the Winter Olympics specifically, 
than Sunday night. And now they can't have the Winter Olympics on Big Boy NBC. They will love this when they're not hosting the Super Bowl. Uh, Yeah, of course. Because that will actually take a little bit of a dent out of the Super Bowl audience on the other network that's hosting the game. But because they have the game this year, this is going to be a big miss for them. They're going to miss out on a lot of Olympic revenue. Trust me, don't cry for them. They'll make it on the Super Bowl. We hear records are being set every single year on Super Bowl advertising. But they would love to split those two weekends and get Super Bowl one weekend, Olympic the next weekend, and really rake in the cash, which they will not be able to do this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Olympics will be put on some other NBC Universal property. Correct. So so whatever, if you really want to watch figure skating or whatever is being offered on Sunday nights, things like that tend to draw the eyeballs and that that will still be available wherever it goes. So it's just not going to be the same thing as having a network offering where someone's flipping through and goes, oh, I'll stop here and just watch this. I forgot the Olympics were on. You know, the Super Bowl tends to also be like that for a lot of people. They don't really forget that it's on, but you know what I mean. It's it's something that even the casual non-sports fan will flip on. They'll catch some of the halftime show. They'll stick around and watch part of the game to feel informed. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit weird. That's something that they do lose a little bit on, but... Uh, we are talking losing percentages of hundreds of millions of dollars. They are still going to be doing just fine financially. I don't think anybody needs to feel bad for them. Favorite Winter Olympic event? What is it? I'm not a huge Winter Olympic fan, but I guess uh, I, I don't know. I guess I do like the speed skating. I'll tune into that sometimes. That's kind of fun. I like that too, because it's like roller derby, mm-hmm. but for me, it's the sledding stuff luge skeleton bobsled stuff like that i love it bobsled is good i can't i can't watch luge man i watch that now and i just i'm like i feel like i'm watching like like a duck walk across traffic you know where it's just like that's oh, why that's oh, why it's oh. entertaining to me because I know, the whole time i'm like don't die <laughs> don't get hurt that's my whole thing every time i'm watching is like this could be a horrific injury at any moment Oh, it's terrifying. What was it? It was a couple Olympics ago where somebody actually did die. I think it was on the luge or was it luge skeleton? Or skeleton? One of the one of those. I want things. to say now. I I think you're right that it was. Was it an athlete from Georgia? Not the state, obviously, the country of Georgia. I think is who it was. I think For you're some right. Some reason that sticks out in my head, but yeah, it's it's horribly dangerous. So. This is something that I think, uh, you, you know, that's that's a sport that is tough for me to watch, but that is something that gets eyeballs no matter what, and NBC will not get to have that on back-to-back weekends, which I'm sure they'd prefer to have. Roger Goodell says he expects full stadiums for the upcoming season. Here's the quote. All of us in the NFL want to see every one of our fans back. Football is simply not the same without fans, and we expect to have full stadiums in the upcoming season. And man, I hope that's the case. I really do. Um, I don't know if it's reasonable to expect full stadiums in every single market. Of course, in some. I mean, hell, the Cowboys may put more stands in, right? right. <laughs> like, we're going to try and cram 200,000 people. <laughs> They're going to put people on the roof. And if just... you wear a mask, you will be shot dead. <laughs> I don't think it's reasonable that every single stadium is going to have full capacity, but I, I do think that you're going to see significant fan attendance pretty much everywhere. Well, right? yeah, and I do think there's going to be certainly a lot of discussion about that between the owners, right? Because 
there are going to be some owners who say, hey, as long as we get to participate in the revenue sharing, we're fine. But don't make it so that like, if some of these other markets are opening up and our city or our state or our county or whatever is not letting us open up fully, we shouldn't be getting penalized for that because that's not our fault. And I could see some of the owners, you know, who are making extra money because of the fact that they're fully open and all that saying, well, wait, why should I have to share with you? I had a rough year last year too. I need this money. I don't know why you need to get all of it. So I think they're going to have some discussions about that as this proceeds forward. But for sure, the intent of all of these pro leagues is to have as many games played, uh, with full capacity stands. That's, it was not partially what was going on with major league baseball, right? Well, they wanted to push the season back a little bit. Yeah. Because the owners were saying, we don't want to start the season and open up these stadiums and not have as many people in as possible. And they knew that's not, you know, it's better a month or two from now as more people get the vaccine, more people are going to be able to go to these stadiums. But make no mistake, Mike, when you go in, they will not be lowering prices on hot dogs and Cokes and whatever else you want to buy in there. It's it's going to be as expensive as it's ever been. And I, I'm sure we'll all belly up and pay the prices because we just want to get back and watch these games. Justin Fields sounds super confident. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for. You'll find slow traffic on 670 westbound between I-71 and 4th Street. Plan on some backups in that area. And more delays on 71 northbound between I-70 and East Broad Street. A five-minute backup over there. This traffic report is sponsored by CoinFlip. CoinFlip is the world's leading Bitcoin ATM operator. CoinFlip makes buying Bitcoin so flip and easy. Find your nearest CoinFlip ATM at CoinFlip.tech. Use promo code CoinFlip2021 for 15% off fees on your first transaction. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Simpletons, nincompoops, ignoramuses. Just a few of the many different words that you can use to describe the hosts of this show. Also, fat. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hello. Getting a lot of people asking me if I'm still bleeding. Oh, yeah. How's that Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of wrapping it like a tourniquet, so that's stopping the blood. Where did you cut yourself? On the hand? On the on the palm, mm. on my palm, right. Okay, on my right hand too, which is going to seriously impact my social agenda. <laughs> yeah, I understand. You don't. Sadly, not for Tim, as we've learned. I we- <laughs> well, doesn't have to affect you either, pal. You can uh, you know? No. Give yourself. Uh, that's yeah. kooky. You don't have to explain. That's kooky talk. Yeah. Mm. It's a ridiculous. Little, uh, little introduction to the stranger, my friend. All right, that's, that's enough. <laughs> I started it. I don't know why I'm yeah. disgusted by it. Hey, On but, campus is coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, name-dropping with Jeff Rimmer in the 5 o'clock hour. By the way, did you see the very forward-thinking thing that the Cleveland Indians have finally done? No. I can't, I can't believe this is a story that they that just now this happened in 2021, but Cleveland has banned headdresses and face paint at Progressive Field. You mean they were still going to let you dress up in Native American face? Like they were going to let people just do that at a game? I'm shocked that that I'm like I'm shocked that that has not been banned previously. Good for them for banning it now, I guess. But I just saw this come across that they're just now doing that. I that floors me. That absolutely floors me that they had not done that sooner. Yeah, that surprises me too. I mean, I. I guess you, you, you can't control what people do like if they're in the parking lot and they're tailgating and stuff like that. But I'm surprised they would let people in in a red face. 
I'm yeah, I'm also surprised that there would be people who still want to do that in 2021. Are, are you kidding? No, I Have am you surprised. Met people I just I don't know why like even if you like I don't know why anyone would think there's not a problem with that, but also why would you want to go and do that knowing if nothing else you're going to get yelled at constantly. Now, you should also do it because you want to be a decent human being and, you know, that is someone else's actual race that you're mimicking, mocking, whatever. It's horrible. I don't know how that doesn't stop you, but at the very least, don't you know that as soon as you walk out the door, people are going to be taking pictures and go, where does this guy work? They Let's don't make care. sure his they, boss they knows. They get off on that. Are you kidding? <sighs> stupid. It's just Great. it's completely stupid. Good news, though. <laughs> they're still going to allow all of that to happen on the uniform for another year, right? Because they're not going to the Block C officially until next year, right? They're giving no, you no, one no. more it's, year. It, to- it's, it's gone now. Are they? I, I did, did they officially eliminate yes. all yes. of that? Yes, the Chief Wahoo's gone. Okay. Yeah, you can still buy it in the team shop, but okay. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? Like they're still selling it. Yes, they're, they're still just, selling it. They're still making money off of it, even though yes, they're not doing it on the uniforms anymore. Yes. Good. Uh, Justin Fields had his pro day yesterday, and according to reports, he was very good. People were very impressed, and he sounded very confident. Here's what he had to say when asked about the the lack of success that Ohio State quarterbacks have had in the NFL. He says, I don't know those guys personally. I don't know their work ethic. I don't know what they were taught. I know what Dwayne was taught, a little similar to what Coach Ryan Day was teaching me. But in all honesty, I think I'm different than those guys. I know my work ethic is unmatched, and just my dedication and passion to wanting to be great is just another level. In terms of the past quarterbacks, I can't control that. The only similarity that me and those guys have is that we wore the same uniform. So if they want to say that, then that's on them. I'm going to focus on myself and focus on continuing to get better in every aspect of the game. Right. I don't I don't see anything wrong with all that. I mean, I heard what? Justin Fields say JT Barrett sucks. That's what I heard. Well, I don't think JT Barrett is necessarily the most recent comparable, right? I think more people are concerned about Dwayne Haskins. And again, that makes no sense, right? Dwayne Haskins is his own man. He has his own, you know, good and bad qualities. If you think he is a similar quarterback to Justin Fields, then you haven't watched either of them play. I mean, I, I guess that's possible, right? That people who cover the NFL just don't pay attention in college to what players do. But yeah, Justin Fields, very different player than Dwayne Haskins. And it's not fair to say, well, just because Ohio State has had some failures at quarterback in the past or some to-be-determines, let's say, with Dwayne Haskins, maybe he'll turn it around at some point. That does not mean that Justin Fields is going to go down that same pathway at all. And I, don't, I, I know that. I don't know why that comes into play for so many people. You all, but you do know why. Because you know that football guy likes to tell you how enlightened he is, that the average fan is so stupid and they don't understand anything. But football guy falls into these same traps. Football guy watches TV just like you watch TV. Football guy can watch the college football playoffs and make an opinion based off of two quarters of play. Football guy still has knee-jerk reaction. I was talking to an NFL scout. This was probably 10, 15 years ago. And we were talking about quarterbacks, and somebody's name came up, and he said to me, I haven't seen him play, but I can tell he's not going to be any good. And my question was, well, why is that? And I, I, I wasn't saying that he was wrong. I just, I didn't know what he had heard about the guy yeah. personally, if there was some skeletons in the closet. 
And the response I got back was, well, he's left-handed. Nobody who's left-handed is any good. And it's like, well, <laughs> oh, okay, okay that, that, seems... that may be true here, right? But you haven't watched really any advanced film on the guy. You just know that he's left-handed and he can't possibly be an NFL player. That makes no sense to me. That is something a 12-year-old would say. Well, but it, this, is, right. this is football guy paid to evaluate talent. Well, then it seems like you don't really need scouts. If that if that was the thinking, right, then why would you be hiring anyone to be your scout? Because you would just go, oh, well, we'll just take all the averages of players at each position and say, do they weigh this much? Are they this tall? Uh, where have they you know, played previously? Like, What schools have they come from? We'll just find the ones that always come from these schools that are this height, this weight, and then we won't look at anything well, else. Well, that, that, that's that. right. And look, I'm not saying that Justin Fields is going to be good in the NFL. I don't, I don't know that. I have no idea. What I can tell you is that there are football guys out there that look at Dwayne Haskins and his success, or lack thereof, and they translate that to Justin Fields, and it's not fair. I, I'm saying that's completely stupid. It makes... It doesn't make sense to me. And if you want to argue, well, T-Bone, the way the reason they're doing that is because they look at the offense that these guys play in, and they're saying this offense puts up bonkers numbers. Between Urban and Ryan Day, it's a similar style, and those offenses tend to give quarterbacks big numbers that don't really translate when you get to an NFL offense. First of all, Urban Meyer is now an NFL offense, so let's keep that in mind. Uh, secondarily, you could have easily said that about a guy that was passed over by multiple teams in Pat Mahomes, right? Pat Mahomes came from the most college offense that you can have as far as Absolutely. Texas Tech puts up. Everybody who's a quarterback at Texas Tech sets ridiculous numbers for the most part if they play a few years, and and that was back at a time certainly where that was still the case. In a, in and, a conference that plays less defense yes. than they do anyplace else. Yes, so all of that could have and was said about him, and that was one of the things that a lot of people knocked him for, fair or unfair. I, I'm sure I was guilty of doing the same thing. Thing, was looking at that and saying, well, yeah, but how do how do we know if he's really that good? He played mostly these bad defenses in an offense where they throw it 60 times a game. What are we really judging on? How do we know? And it turns out he's one of the best players in the NFL. So that, that narrative should tell you, you need to do your homework. And the, and the good scouts do, right? I, I think there's plenty of good scouts that are doing that. Plenty of people who cover the league who are doing that. But those people who cover the league are not the ones who are, the ones who really dive into film study are not the ones saying Justin Fields sucks. It's usually the ones who are the celebrity talking head types who are going, ah, well, you know, and they're just giving you broad generalizations because they're not diving into the tape and ripping this thing apart. Usually, Mike, I don't get that worked up about it, but I am at a point with Justin Fields that I hope he goes and tears up the league and is the best rookie next year or whenever he gets to play. I, I hope he proves a lot of people wrong because it is unfair that he's kind of getting judged for, for things that are completely out of his control. Reichert Nissan Fan Poll, 971thefan.com. How many quarterbacks will be drafted ahead of Justin Fields? One, two, three, or four? I think it'll be three, because obviously we know who's going number one. I think Zach Wilson's going to go to the Jets. I think the 49ers are in love with Mac Jones, and that leaves Justin Fields. So I think three. Yeah, I, I could see it being, I could see it being three, even though I don't think he's the fourth best quarterback out there. But yeah, I think your logic makes sense that the three teams ahead will take other, the, the first three teams will take people other than Justin Fields. In those Bone, there is a missing person out there, and I think we need to take this very seriously. This is from the AP out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. 
Police are asking, where's Louie? After a minor league baseball team in Tennessee reported its mascot was stolen from its ballpark. The Chattanooga, Chattanooga, what? Chattanooga Lookouts told authorities that the costume of its mascot, Louie, was stolen from an office at AT&T Field on Tuesday, according to a Facebook post from Chattanooga Police. The lookout said hundreds of dollars worth of merchandise and equipment were also stolen. And I love how they're going to give you a description of the mascot here. <laughs> Louie's head looks like a big red baseball cap with a black rim for a nose. Police are asking the public for any tips on the costume's whereabouts, saying callers can re- remain anonymous. Thank God, because you may get a hit put out on you. Well, number one, right. I like the idea, like you said, with the description. Typically, that would be done because it's like, oh, is this the mascot head you were looking for? And they're like, no, that's the San Diego chicken. I'm sorry. That is completely wrong. And you're like, oh, I I just saw a mascot head, and I thought it was Right. Then. You didn't give me a description. <laughs> they come back in. They're like, that's Mr. Met. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's Mrs. Met. I apologize. Either way, wrong. Like, how do you not, like, if you are looking for this, you obviously know what this thing looks like. I don't know. Or if you just find one of your buddies going like, ha, look what I found. And it's a mascot head. You might be like, hey, is that the one that's missing near our local area where I just heard on the news that a mascot head was stolen? Did you steal that? I would think those questions would be much more obvious than here's the description. Go out and, and find this. Um, excuse me, Chattanooga police. I have a mascot here. It looks like a cannon, cannon penis. Is this what you're looking for? No. Okay. Where yeah. is Boomer the Cannon? He's, Have we well, decided we, this? No, we know that he he exists, right? Because they put that video out around Halloween where the oh, jackets, right. they put out a Boomer video. He exists. They said they didn't know where the costume was. I'm sorry. They said they didn't know where Boomer was, but we found him. Boomer is back. And I thought this year might that might mean good fortune for the jackets. Well, until they actually use him in an on-ice capacity, I think you're going to see this Jackets team still struggling and not being as good as they could be. I think that's part of the issue, Mike. Bring back Boomer and put him on the ice. Let's go. The NFL is heading international again. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. A pocket of slow traffic out there. You'll find delays on 670 westbound between I-71 and 4th Street. Plan on some slowdowns as traffic continues to build. This traffic report is sponsored by Churches. Pull up to Churches today for boneless that's bringing it all. That's buttermilk marinated juiciness and all-white meat deliciousness. Get the new Texas tenders or chicken sandwich with new smoky honey Q sauce for just $3.99. Churches bringing that down-home flavor. Only an array with fan traffic. Murdering brain cells one show at a time. Back to Man and Bone. All right, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to 971thefan.com. And under the Cool Stuff tab, you will see a link to the fan store. I want you to go there and get yourself a brand new DAP t-shirt. If you love this show then you need to support us by wearing us on your chest. Get your new Diep t-shirt, available in a variety of colors. And I will also tell you, we're working on a new one. We're working on a new t-shirt. We're working on a Give Fatty a Biscuit t-shirt. Mm-hmm. I will also tell you, the first draft that we saw today sucked. It was not It was not your favorite, nor mine. It, it definitely needed some well, work. I'll tell you who right. was the most pissed off. Who was the was most Teddy. Off. I mean, Teddy I normally doesn't care about anything. He's like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. I don't care. They're not paying me. What do I care? Right? But 
Ted, you were pissed off at the at the the badness of that I, shirt today. I looked at it and I said, "Yikes!" <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Another we're getting we're some questions. On. When is that coming? It's it's coming. We're doing that hopefully too. But yeah, it, uh, we we had to you know very nicely send an email saying not good enough. Let's let's do that again. Let's let's work on that a little bit more. So. I know, but you're too polite. You know, you I mean? think they, I think they would actually appreciate it if you just got to the point and stopped wasting people's time because you rambled on for like four paragraphs in your reply all that email. A, that was not where a you ramble. pretty much you pretty much could have just said we hate it all. Start from scratch. Yeah, but then then guess what happens? Then they're like, oh yeah, these a holes. They don't they don't appreciate any of the hard work. I know design work is tough. I have friends who are designers. I have seen some of the process. It is. I have a lot of respect for people who do that. So when they send something back that is like utterly not our thing, I don't want to just be dismissive and be like, "Yep, screw you, start over." And it's like, well, I just worked for four hours on that. All right, so I'm trying to be nice, but also it's not good enough. We gotta, we gotta fix it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. by the way, did uh, you send that email or me? Who, who no, sent you sent it. Oh, okay, because you, because you said, well, why don't you send the email? So I did. So. If you didn't like it, you can send it next time. I will just send say it, it next. I'll just send it. I'll take a picture of my genitals. Send it over. Here's what you. Th- here's what I think about and it. And then that'll end up on the shirt, and probably it'll me. be our bestseller. It'll probably be our bestseller. It's just. So what are you? Picture oh, of my pee pee, and it just says point and laugh. What do you got on your shirt? Oh, that's the common junk. I got common mm-hmm. junk on my shirt, and you're like, all right, I guess that's what we're doing now. The NFL is getting ready to go international again. Uh, Roger Goodell mentioned both Germany and South America on a call to announce the addition of a 17th game. The most likely South American country to host an NFL game would be Brazil. Well, they've got uh, no and the NFL, so they're they're totally yeah, fine. No, it's a and great they have place to poo go. water. And the NFL says they have had uh, their eye on Germany for several reasons. Well, they haven't said this, but other people have. Okay. It's big and it's wealthy. And it has a large English-speaking population. And American football has a fan base there, including many fans who supported the German teams in the now-defunct NFL Europe. Remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. It's uh, it's It's been a long time. How long ago did the NFL Europe thing shut down? Oh, it's probably been gone for 15 years, right? 15, 20 years. Yeah, but people who may have forgotten that it wasn't just like a one or two year thing. Remember they had the World Football League, which I think is what became NFL Europe or NFL Europe, whatever. World League of American Football. Okay, I'm is sorry. What it was yes, called right, but they like that. Those teams had a. I think I want to say at least were around for ten or more years. I think they they had a decent run there in the '90s where those things were a kind of big deal. It was also known as NFL Europa. Mm, sure my guys what do you think that would do right now if you told it like well they always are trying to work on spring football leagues and summer football leagues and all that stuff and as a soccer fan i mean i am very understanding of the fact that you can have multiple leagues going on around the world at different times of the year i mean i watch mls but i also watch the premier league i watch you know stuff in syria ah like i wonder would nfl fans like the hardcore fans right would that be the way for the NFL to go about dipping dip their toe into spring football or summer football is to go and have like an NFL Europe again? Because I bet now it'd be more popular in Europe than it was back when they had it. I, I agree with you. I think they were almost a little bit ahead of their time. And 
quite frankly, I'm surprised they haven't done it yet. I'm surprised I'm they haven't gone overseas and, and developed another developmental league. If you had an eight-team league where you played for eight to ten weeks, right? couple months, not too long. You put it in big cities in Europe. You find, like, smaller soccer stadiums in big cities, Right? Like, you don't need 50,000 people. Put it in like a 10 or 20,000 seat stadium. It'll probably fill up most of the time. And then you can air those games at the local time when they're on. And that'd be great for the people in those markets. And then over here, one network gets all the games. It's a throw in thing. But if you want to watch, I don't know, a, a German team playing a British team at 7 30, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock in the morning, don't you think there'd be a decent audience for that? Like you're getting I up in the so. morning on the weekend, it's it's warming up, you're getting ready to get the grill out, and you're like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna finish up this NFL Europe game and then I'm gonna go throw some ribs on. Yeah, I could see people doing that for sure. That's way different than I think the way it was twenty years ago, where it was so much harder to see these things, or you had to have them on tape delay. This would actually probably have, especially with gambling and everything else. There would be some big, big implications for that. I, I'm surprised they haven't gone more that route. I'm surprised too, and I'm 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 more surprised because it would be added value for these television networks that are struggling, right? If you're if you're yeah. Fox and you get your hands on that, for example, I put on FS1 last night. You know what they were running on FS1 last night? I don't. Smackdown from last Friday. That's what they were running. Wrestling, pro wrestling is what. Pro wrestling running. taped from four days ago. That's Ugh. what they were running on FS1. You're telling me they wouldn't kill to have some Saturday morning, Sunday morning football in the off season. Same with CBS Sports Network, which by the way still lives. I don't know who watches it. There is nothing on there. That's where Iona plays, I guess. That's where you can <laughs> right. find Rick Pitino during the season. But I'm sure they would kill to have programming like that. Well, and remember where there was some kind of thing that was going to be worked out? What did, what, was it the uh, AAF, A, whatever, the American Alliance of Just call Freedom Alliance. Football? I don't know. Whatever. Freedom Fighters. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, but the, that group, didn't they try to work a deal out where like, hey, we'll take some of your practice squad guys off the NFL? That was part of the business model, right? Well, the NFL, if they actually did a Europe thing, they could say, hey, practice squad guys, here's a good opportunity for you to get in shape over the summer. Gives you a leg up on all the other guys who are just doing like regular off-season stuff. You can go out here and play, and you know, it's only eight or ten weeks. You can make a name for yourself, and that might make your team back here who retains your rights. This is what they do in soccer, Mike. They loan you out to another team. You go show how good you are over there, and then it makes it better when you come back. You have a chance to break in a little easier because they see, wow, that guy's ready to go right now. He's been playing. We could use him to start the season. And then that might actually help a, you know, like a fourth string running back. Maybe he starts off and gets a little few more carries gets a little better chance an offensive lineman goes down early in training camp now you got a backup ready to plug in these are things that i think have a lot of legs for nfl teams i'm i'm kind of surprised the nfl doesn't jump on this and maybe they will if this experiment goes well they play these games but i i think there's really something here who are the winners and losers as the nfl moves to 17 games we'll discuss coming up next colin man and t-bone on the fan Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads right now. You'll find delays on I-70 downtown split eastbound between the 71-315 west split and the 71 east split. Going to find some delays in that area. And more backups on 71 southbound between 5th Avenue and East Broad Street. Plan on slowdowns there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Rocket Mortgage. Ready to buy a new home but don't know where to start? Rocket can. Check out the Rocket Mortgage Home Buyer's Guide for articles, tips, and tools. When you need your mortgage to fit your family and budget, Rocket can. Rocket Mortgage. Only an array with fan traffic. The dumb is strong with this show. You're listening to Man and Bone. Hey, the NFL is adding a 17th game to the regular season. Of course, all the gamblers now are using this and throwing it in their formulas and all this crap. Sportsline's Stephen O. By the way, I made uh, Samantha spit water out of her nose at the dinner oh, table last okay. night because she was laughing so hard because, you know, we uh, they have a letter of the day at school. Yes. And so at dinner, we sit and we talk about all the things that start with that letter. And yesterday's letter of the day was O. Mm-hmm. And so we were going through all the O words and we sort of ran out. We sort of ran out of O words. And I said, I got, well, I got an O word. We haven't said it yet. And I paused for dramatic effect. And then I said, how about this one? Oh, my God, does your butt smell? And she thought that was the funniest thing in the entire world. Water everywhere. But it was worth it. It was <laughs> worth good. it. It's always good to make your kids laugh, even if there's a mess to clean up afterwards. So, Stephen, oh, my God, does your butt smell compared okay. simulation-based playoff percentages for each team based on a 16-game schedule and the new 17-game schedule to identify the winners and the losers. That's fancy talk for whose playoffs playoff odds got better or worse with the 17th game. Good news, Falcons fans. Your team is terrible and you need a new quarterback, but you now have a 42% chance of making the playoffs, up from 38%, because you got a game against the Jags as your 17th uh, game. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers and Saints got games against the Colts and Titans, so their odds go down. The Dolphins' playoff chances go up from 57.6% to 60.2%, enjoying a similar bump as the Patriots. Their odds went up 2.35%. The Bills' odds went up by 1%. The Jets' odds went up by 1% because the AFC East gets to play the NFC East to close out 2021. And, of course, the NFC East is bad. Bad. Yes. So there you go. The 49ers playoff chances increased by 2.5% because they will play the Bengals in Week 17. Hang on, though. I just was reading this a little bit further. Um, The Jets' percentages went up plus 1%. Right. What is it now, 3%? Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It's terrible. But then it also says the Eagles' playoff chances went 2.5% up because they get to play the Jets. So... How did both of their chances I don't, go? Up? I don't know what to tell you, man. Because they both no play idea. each other, and they both, it's like, yes, they're both more likely to win now. Right. Because, but it's, it's just, it's not right. just about what you're doing. It's about what your divisional opponents are doing as well. Yeah, but so I'm that, saying, that in that case, in. it's not like they said, oh, well, the, the Jets got a bump because they're playing the Eagles. The Eagles went down because they're playing the Jets. 
No, they also said the Eagles went up because they're playing the Jets, even though the Jets went up because they're playing the Eagles. That's confusing to me. So The Colts' playoff chances dropped 1.76% because they will play the Buccaneers in Week 17. The Rams saw their playoff percentage dip from 70.8% to 68.8% because of a new game against the Ravens. And Washington's playoff chances, Bone, I know you're high on Washington. Uh, yeah, I know. They, they're they so close. They went down 1.8% because of a Week 17 matchup with the Bills. And as much as we make fun of a team like Washington, there's no reason why they can't win that division next year, that well, horrible sure. division. <laughs> you're right. I Just again, though, the Bills' chances went up because they get to play a team like Washington, and their chances went down as a result. That makes more sense. It's it's odd that you have teams on the same side of the ledger that are playing each other, and both of their chances went up. That that does makes me wonder about this uh, little exercise that they did. Michael Strahan has fixed the gap in his teeth. He got like a little implant put in there, and I don't know. This is just a little odd for me. It's a little odd. Now, who the hell am I to tell Michael Strahan how to live? But I will anyway. I would assume if you've lived with something for so long and it's become like your calling card, he's 49 years old. What are you changing it for now? That's your thing. You're the gap tooth guy. Embrace it. Uh, you know what? I look at it the other way. I say he's gone, and, and you're right, he's made a long career out of, uh, in part, in the media. He's he's had his look. Everyone is aware of of Michael Strahan, if you, whether you know him through Good Morning America or obviously we know him for his exploits on the field as much as off. Uh, you you know what he looks like. You've seen his face. You've seen the gap in his teeth and all those other things. But if it truly bothers him, then go for it. Change it up. I don't care. I, I'm just means. surprised if it truly bothered him. Why why would he wait till he's 49 years well, old to maybe, do something about maybe it? Maybe he felt like every time. And it, by, this is a temporary thing. This is not like a permanent. This is like a dental insert, not like an implant. Where it's uh, yes, I understand. It. So some are speculating too. This might just be like an April Fool's thing. I don't know, but. In either case, if it, you know what, however he wants to do it, if it, it makes him feel better, uh, yeah, maybe it just took him this long to come to terms with it and say, all right, yeah, I, I really don't like this. I'm sick of having this gap in my teeth. I don't want that to be the case anymore. Um, yeah, I, I could see how someone would look at that after many years and say, you know what, I'm done with that. So good for him if that's what he's doing. I, I don't like that. I, I think people need to think about how this impacts complete strangers. Okay, it's like when Al Sharpton decides to lose weight, I don't like the way he looks deflated. He creeps me out. Same with Al Roker. If I saw you tomorrow, but I've known you for I don't know how many years. If I saw you tomorrow and you had like long Fabio hair mm. flowing down, that would make me uncomfortable. That's not bone. That's not who that is. Speaking of keeping strangers happy with how you look, have you seen Drew Carey recently? I'm not talking about even I saw him six months ago. Have you well, seen? No, I have not. Okay. I want you to Google Drew Carey because there is a picture if you're on Google Images. Um, right. You just Google him and you will see the picture I'm talking about where you have him in your mind. You've known fat Drew Carey. You've known thin Drew Carey. Mm -hmm. There is now like, I don't even know what this Drew Carey is. Which one am I looking at here? There's well, a million do images. See, do you see the image that looks nothing like Drew Carey? <laughs> That is listed with the images the, of Drew the bearded Carey? guy with the glasses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a very different picture of Drew Carey. I saw. I flipped on the prices right the other day, which they're still doing. They're doing like a virtual version of it, or a, a maybe not virtual, like a lesser crowd version of it. But it's still taping. And the when I first saw him, I I was shocked. I'm like, did they replace Drew Carey? And then I realized, no, they didn't. They just 
He's got a beard. He's got these weird glasses. He's got a lot more hair than I remembered. It's it's a interesting. Well, he's had look. work done on the hair, clearly. Well, that's fine. All I'm saying is, Drew Carey, live your life, do what you want to do. But yes, when I first came across it, it was shocking to me how much he's changed over the years. All the news and notes you need as we go on campus. Coming up next, Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic from the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for delays on 670 westbound between 71 and 4th Street. Traffic is continuing to build in that area. And more slowdowns on 71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Tap those brakes. It's going to be about a five-minute delay. This traffic report is sponsored by Wendy's Breakfast. We've all been wronged by bad breakfast. That's why Wendy's is bringing you oven-cooked bacon and fresh cracked eggs on breakfast sandwiches. Like the breakfast baconator. They got tasty honey butter and fried chicken on the honey butter chicken biscuit, too. Get a better breakfast today only at participating Wendy's. Only an array with fan traffic. Picture a sports talk show, but without all those pesky sports getting in the way. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Wednesday on campus coming up in mere moments. You know, the baseball season opens up tomorrow. And one thing we know for sure, I mean, we don't know what this season is going to look like in terms of starts and stops with coronavirus. We don't know if ultimately every single game will be played. What we do know, without any hesitation, is that Angel Hernandez will be horrible. And I just saw that a judge has ruled against Angel Hernandez in his discrimination lawsuit against Major League Baseball. Angel Hernandez said the reason why he hadn't been promoted to work certain World Series is because of his race, because he is Mexican-American. And the judge, you know, in judge speak, they, they release all this crap and legalese, but essentially the judge said today, uh, no, Angel, the reason why you haven't been promoted by Major League Baseball is because you're bad, not because you're Mexican. He I mean, is terrible. And it's, it's shocking that he's still allowed to work. That's the shocking part. Yeah, I mean... The reality is, obviously, you can you can be bad at your job and still have experienced some kind of discrimination prior to being bad at your job, right? But certainly, I don't think his case is helped by the fact that routinely he is factored in among the worst Major League Baseball umpires. And it's not a reputation he's got because he's suing the league. It's a reputation he's earned by just not being very good. That, that doesn't mean that things couldn't have happened along the way that were discriminatory to him. So, of course, keep all that in mind as you think about this. But doesn't mean that every situation that occurred where he didn't get a promotion was because of that. So No, look, we, yeah. have, we have big tech to tell us. Back in the day, umpires would receive evaluations after the season was over, and it would essentially be a popularity contest. Who do the managers like? Who do the managers not like? That's not how they're judged anymore. We can see with technology who missed a strike call, how often it happens, how big of a gap it is between this umpire's strike zone and the actual strike zone. These guys are graded on actual data, on facts. And when you factor that in, Angel Hernandez, and guys of his generation. Normally, it's the older guys used to doing things a certain way. Those are the guys that are on the bottom list, the bottom level of the umpire grades every single year. And yet, those guys are never replaced. There's never any turnover unless they decide they want to retire. Yeah, it's it's very 
it's very concerning if you're a baseball fan and you actually want to see them get the game right. But the good news is probably sooner than later, that's going to be taken out of their hands, at least balls and strikes, right? I mean, who the hell knows? They will. I, I'm not saying it'll happen next year or anything, but they're they're continuing to test this. They're moving it up through the minor leagues. They will eventually have uh, something that will tell balls and strikes that will not be a human umpire. It will be something that is just they will still probably make the calls, but they'll be told what the call is. College sports news and notes with on campus. Let's do it. Common man and T bones. On campus, the latest college sports news and notes. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months. Bone. Well, Mike, today it was a pretty big day in the Supreme Court of the United States. The NCAA business model under fire as amateurism is being discussed by the Supreme Court in the case of the NCAA versus Alston. It's the first time the nation's highest court has weighed in on the business of college sports in nearly four decades. Uh, If you're not familiar with this, a federal district court judge decided in her ruling in the Alston case last year that the limits NCAA schools mutually agree to place on what each school can provide to its athletes in compensation are illegal. So that judge said this is illegal for schools to all just kind of decide, hey, we're we're not going to pay them, you're not going to pay them, we're all good with that, right? And so today, in front of the Supreme Court, the lawyers for the NCAA are saying, no, this is a necessary part of our structure. We have to be able to not pay the players. Here's what Justice Brett Kavanaugh said, pretty much summing up their entire argument in like a a Twitter-sized bite. He said, quote, It does seem that schools are conspiring with competitors to pay no salaries to the workers who are making the schools billions of dollars on the theory that consumers want the schools to pay their workers nothing. That's that's one of the more conservative members of the Supreme Court basically saying, yeah, NCAA, your argument that nobody wants this doesn't really seem like that holds up, right? I mean, if somebody once, I guess, decided that, hey, nobody thinks Walmart employees should get paid, would that mean that then Walmart could just say, well, we don't think anybody wants us to pay our workers, so we'll just stop paying them. Right. That doesn't seem like that would hold up. So very interesting things. These are, of course, the arguments. Each side argued for about 90 minutes. Uh, the Supreme Court does not rule on these things in any reasonably quick time. They're going to take months probably to look over all of this, deliberate, write their opinion, and then put that out probably sometime in the summer. But just be aware that the amateurism thing is for sure on the line here for the NCAA and all of their actions over the last, well, really, 30, 40 years are all coming into focus right now. That's very big news to keep an eye on for uh, the future of college sports in many different facets. Uh, UConn Huskies' Paige Buchers is first freshman to be the AP Women's Basketball Player of the Year. She was phenomenal, has been phenomenal. Their star guard gets that uh, very nice award for her. She helped lead the Huskies to their 13th consecutive Final Four. Just think about that. The greatness of that program the Final Four. just floors me. I mean, it, it really does. I mean, what, what Gino does there every single year, and obviously he gets the talent, but there are a lot of programs that get talent. Baylor gets talent every single year. Rutgers gets talent every single year. They just go out every single year and, and produce. Now, the Blue Jackets would be scared. Right? They'd say, well, yes. we're not underdogs. We don't know how to play. <laughs> but UConn, they've got the target on them every right. single year, and they go out there and produce. 
Uh, for what it's worth, former UConn greats Maya Moore and Brianna Stewart both won as sophomores. All other winners have been juniors or seniors since the AP started that award in 1995. Uh, she is the 12th UConn player to have been so honored. So, yeah, just again, staggering how much and how good that, that program is. Uh, there's a little football news here. Georgia has added to its non-conference football schedule. They announced a home-and-home series with Louisville. This will never happen. Uh, it's it's home-and-home home in 2026 and 2027. I have a feeling that there will be a way for either one or both of these schools to decide, let's do one neutral site game instead around that time. But as of right now, September 19th, 2026, that's when Georgia goes to Louisville and vice versa. Louisville will travel to Athens September 18th of 2027. Mark it on your calendars and prepare to cross it off because it will probably get changed. <laughs> that's that's there right. There you go. If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown. Coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Plenty of slowdowns out there. You'll find delays on I-70 westbound between Miller and the 71 East Split. Plan on some slowdowns in that area. And more backups on 71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Watch out for traffic as it continues to build. This traffic report is sponsored by Bob Evans Restaurants. Ready for a farm fresh breakfast from Bob Evans? Feed the whole crew with a fresh crack family meal to go with all the fixins. Serves up to six for as low as $3.99 per person. It's easy to order on the Bob Evans app. On the NRA with fan traffic. The radio home of inside jokes that may or may not become stickers for your car. This is Common Man and T-Bone. I can't believe we buried the lead today. What do we bury? Colt McCoy, your guy, has signed a one-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals to be their backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Still alive. Colt McCoy. How long has he been in the league now? A hundred years. It feels Seems like, like it's it. been a hundred years. So, but he still looks like he's ten. <laughs> Hi. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, he's, he's got a boyish face. He's, mm-hmm. he's good for him. He's going to be sixty, and we're still going to be like Colt McCoy, old enough to drink. Can't tell, and he's going to get carted everywhere he goes. That's going to be a, a good thing for him, right? I mean, it's nice to look young. So good for him. I think you look young. No, I stop. You know what? You stop. would if you shaved your face. I, oh, I want to yeah. see. I want to see clean shaven bone. Oh, don't, don't not don't not do trimmy that. bone, not beard trimmy, clean shaven. Don't do that because every time I've done that in the past, you've yelled at me. No, I have, I, you have. You haven't done it. I you have trimmed done your it. beard. No, I I trimmed it down to a goatee one time. I don't. I want, no, I don't at, want goatee. I want I got all yelled of it at gone. For a week. I want smooth moon face bone. Because you think, are super round. I, I <laughs> very, very round. Here's the thing. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, I my dad, who always had a beard, uh, came in one day and I hadn't seen him before he left for work, and he came back and he had no beard. And I remember as a kid being sick to my stomach. I, I will never forget the feeling of like, I know that's my dad. But what has happened to our family? Like, I felt like my, if my parents told me they were getting a divorce right at that moment, it probably would have hit me about the same way. It just did something to me as a kid. So I don't know why that is when I was little. No, that I, affected I, believe, me so I, much. I understand that because my dad had a mustache for like the first 12 years of my life and then he shaved it off and it was like a crisis for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a weird feeling. So now that I have kids, 
I don't know that I want to do that to him. And also, it, you're right. I look very weird without facial hair because my face is extremely round. So I don't think I think you would like it for no seconds. Like I would walk in, you would see me and go, ah, sorry, I asked you to do that. Now, now what do we do? Because I can't just like be like, well, here it is. The beard's back. Like it'll take me a few weeks to grow the beard back. So you'll have weeks of seeing me like that. You know, when you're a kid, you, you don't, you don't know what you don't know, right? So I, I didn't know my father any other way, but I look back on pictures and I was devastated when he shaved the, the mustache off for, for a variety of reasons. Number one, he just looked like a different person. Number two, I didn't realize that he had no lips. Like he had no, oh. he had no <laughs> so, upper lip. And to this day, I mean, he didn't, he didn't grow lips, you know, he just, right. He has no lips and that creeped me out. But you look back at my father. From the 80s. And he looks like a porn star. He's got a huge afro and a porn star mustache. It actually creeps me out to look back at pictures of my dad. But that was my normal when I was a kid. Is is your dad one of those people who has aged and looks better now at an older age than he did 20, 30 years ago? Well, you could have, you could have said that about 10 years ago for my parents. My parents are like one bad slip away from just going straight to the nursing home at this point. Okay. Like they're, they're starting to look old. Okay. They Everybody are. has that moment where you, you look at your parents and look, father time is going to catch up. My, my parents are in their seventies. So they're starting to look like old people. Mm-hmm. They haven't started to smell like old people yet. I don't know when that's going to happen. <laughs> But all old people, like when my, I, we lived with my, my grandparents when I was a kid. And yeah. my grandparents were much older than normal grandparents. They had kids very late in life. And so my grandmother, when I was a teenager, was in her late 80s, early 90s. She was an, you know, older lady. And as she got, she always smelled like hand cream, my grandmother, mm-hmm. always. But as she progressively got older, with each year that passed, it was a little less hand cream and a little more butt. And I think that applies for all people as they get older, is that their See, natural smell sort of fades, and then you just get more butt. I, I never got that. You know what's really weird with my grandparents who lived in two different states, and we would visit my one set of grandparents I saw all the time because they lived here. My other set of grandparents, my, my grandmother, she lived in New Jersey. So when I would go to visit her, walk into her condo, and it smelled exactly like where my grandparents in Ohio lived. Like, it smelled exactly like walking into their house. The family scent. Right. And, and, and no, it, it did. And for a while, I was trying to place what this scent was. And then one day, I helped my grandmother get some stuff out of the dryer. And I realized the dryer, like, I opened up the dryer, and I'm like, there's grandmother's house, like, smell in my face. And it was the dryer sheets. And they apparently use the same dryer sheets. And that is, I guess, the little differences that my nose picked up to where both of their places, like the towels smelled the same, you know, anything like that. They give you a blanket. It smelled the same. It was because of the dryer sheets. So I don't know if they actually had an old people smell. I only got the dryer sheet smell. Meanwhile, my, my father's father had a smell, too, but he constantly smelled like rotisserie chicken. Because he was always like had a makeshift spit in the garage, roasting some sort of chicken in the really? garage. That's interesting. So he always a- smelled like chicken. 
a fan of rotisserie chicken to the point that he just had one in the house. There's right. just, and you know what? I, I, Kristen makes fun of me because I have a pizza oven in the garage now. And so mm-hmm. I'll go in and out of the garage, like making pizzas, and she'll laugh and say, Well, you've completed the transformation. All Riccardotti men at some point will put a white t shirt on and go out in the garage and cook. With and some apparatus. I'm there. With an unnecessary apparatus. Exactly. Well, I, you know, Completely not necessarily. Unnecessary. You don't need it to make a pizza, but it's preferred. It's a preferred way to cook a chicken, right? You don't. You can cook chickens in your oven, but you'd rather have them on the rotisserie. I get that. And I remember when I was a kid, my grandfather would pickle peppers, and I would say, well, you, you can go to the store. They have the – what you're doing, they sell in the jar. Right. Of course. Why are you doing this? And, of course, now what do I do? Pickle my own damn peppers. <laughs> It's almost like as life gets, as, as time goes on in life, we're like, how many other things can I find to complicate this? I know. I will pickle my peppers. Exactly. Or whatever. You know, whatever pickling your own peppers is, you, you insert your own thing there. Sounds dirty, I, but it's not. It's not, no. Uh, rundown. Let's do it, Teddy. Common Man and T-Bones. The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. Jackets beat the lightning last night. Um, I don't really think that, that Jacket fans think this, that everything is fixed, because it's not. And even last night, as fun as that was, and it's always fun to take down a team like the Lightning, you still outshot 2-1. to one. You won that game because Elvis was fantastic, stopped 37 pucks last night. The good news is, I guess he's starting to feel it now. And here's the question I have for you, Bone. Corpy is apparently on the mend and good to go. Is this for this foreseeable future until he craps himself? Do you give Elvis the the rope to go out there and hang himself? I mean, this is his team right now, right? I mean, I would think that, yeah, Elvis is the guy going forward. And, and I know that an injury played a part here. But, yeah, he's playing great right now. I, I tend to think that they should have made a deal earlier before the season started to pick one of these guys and go with them. But that's beyond where we are now. Yeah, he he played great last night. I think that you can read something into that of, well, if he played like this every night and if the Jackets could just generate a couple goals a night, they could be you know a dangerous team in the playoffs. I don't believe it. I refuse to believe what I saw last night is really who the Jackets are. Who the Jackets are are what you saw for two games in Detroit. That's this Jackets team. Sorry if that hurts your feelings or makes you mad or you want to say, but they beat a better team last night. Great. Yeah, they'll do that once when that team is not prepared for it. Do you think there's any chance the Jackets are pulling off four of those type of performances with that goaltending, which, by the way, they were not that great as a team last night. No, they weren't. Elvis they played was better. De- they played better, slightly better defensively, but yeah, Elvis bailed them out quite a bit, but they still struggled offensively. You think they're going to win a playoff series against one of the top teams in this division? No chance. And I'm sorry, I know Tampa happened, all that. Go compare the rosters for that Jackets team. I don't team want to hear about that one. anymore. I know, right, and and even it's, there, we could that. we could have been mad at that time, and we were about how they almost you know missed the playoffs with that roster, which is another not a great notch for your head coach. But anyway, here's where we are now. This team's not very good. Last night was almost predictable because that's what they do. They played down when they're actually playing bad teams they could get points off of and then the good teams come to town they're not taking the jackets seriously and then the jackets want to fight and actually play a little bit good well this is not going to last this is fool's gold do not change your plans when it comes to the trade deadline get rid of who you were going to get rid of and try to get some assets back 
More Jackets conversation with Jeff Rimmer coming up at 534. Tournament from last night. Gonzaga had no problems with USC. Michigan loses to UCLA in a sloppy, ugly game. So Meat Chicken's done. The Big Ten is done. Our final four is set. It's going to be Houston and Baylor and then UCLA and Gonzaga. Both those games are on Saturday. Let's talk about UCLA, though, for a second. Because I think some people look at the, the name recognition. They look at that program and say, well, they're a blue blood. They're an 11 seed in this tournament. They were down by 14 points against Michigan State in that 11 seed play-in game. And here they are now playing in the Final Four. What an improbable run this is. I think we look at UCLA and just go to sort of get swept up in in the story and the, the history there. But if we're looking at, at upsets here, we're looking at all-time runs. This has got to be up there. Yeah, and I know Michigan is, you know, missing livers, one of their best players, but UCLA has also been missing players. You know, going back to the start of the season, they had a, a recruit that ended up deciding at the last minute not to come to UCLA, uh, decided to go try with the pros anyway in the G League. So th- this is something that they've been dealing with. They had a couple injuries throughout the year too, but Mick Cronin, man, his teams, one thing they typically do, this team not as much, but you saw it last night, they drag you down into a rock fight and make the game uglier. At least they did last night. And that's what his teams have traditionally done. So that was a little bit of a vintage throwback to the way he coaches. But, yeah, give credit to UCLA. They played great defense. Michigan had tons of chances to win that game. They couldn't capitalize. They couldn't make a shot. What did they miss, like, eight straight down the stretch? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a good defense and, and good execution by UCLA, but also Michigan probably should have been better than that. And probably they should be in the Final Four. But you do have to make the shots. And as Buckeye fans, we know how that goes. But one other thing I learned about UCLA that I did not know, Mike, do you know what Mick Cronin's dad's name is? No. Apparently he's like a legendary high school coach. He's been a teacher. He's he's just one of those guys who's always around sports in the Cincinnati area. His Nick his his name is Hep. Hep, Hep Cronin. I've I've heard a lot of old man names. Hep sounds names like in he's pickling some peppers in the garage. <laughs> Hep for sure cooks some type of food in the garage, <laughs> like you and your grandfather and everybody else. I agree with you on that. But yeah, Hep Cronin, maybe my guy. I have no idea, but good for his son Mick and their win. That was a fantastic run for UCLA. Uh, Buckeye basketball news: Musa Jallo has entered the transfer portal, so he's going to go elsewhere. The Buckeyes did get themselves a transfer. Penn State guard Jamari Wheeler comes in. He is a senior. He's six one one seventy. Last year, averaged about seven points a game for Penn State. Here's why I'm excited about this move: because for the last two years, he's been an All Big Ten defensive team selection. And for a team that certainly needs some help on the defensive end of the basketball, this should be a welcome addition. Yeah, uh, I definitely think it is. And it's great to have someone who hopefully can be kind of a stopper on defense up there at the top. So that'll be very good. And and obviously, we'll have to see how the rest of the roster shakes out. Let's wrap it up, Teddy. Common Man and T-Bones, The Rundown. The Rundown. Sponsored by Mobile Center. Part of the 5G T-Mobile Network. Can you imagine turning down $325 million? Well, someone did. We'll discuss it next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. 
Good evening. An accident to watch out for on the roads. You'll find a crash on Weber Road at Cleveland Avenue. This accident does involve an injury. It is taking some bit to get this clear. Please be cautious over here as they work to get things cleaned up. This traffic report is sponsored by LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Tax season can be a big headache if identity thieves steal personal info from your tax forms. LifeLock helps protect, monitor, and restore your identity. No one can monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. Promo code RISK. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Their collective IQ is lower than they think it are. Back to Man and Bone. Hey, Friday, I will unveil my top 10 pizza places in the state of Ohio. Be listening to the show and check out my Twitter at Common Man Radio. We will do some name dropping with Jeff Rimmer coming up at 534. Tonight on The Fan, you have the Buckeye Show at 6. It's the Inside Edge, more Jackets conversation at 7. 8 o'clock, 11 Warriors Radio Hour. And then 9 o'clock tonight. You know. A little thing called You'll See? Mm, No. Oh. Oh. It's the Chattanooga mascot edition of Pervert Ted. What was their mascot? Teddy's the one who stole the the Chattanooga mascot. Louie the Lookout? Louie the Lookout mascot guy. Teddy's going to put the costume on erotically. Oh, they are the the um, they are the Reds affiliate. So mm-hmm. ah, there you go. It does excite me. I bet it does. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, Paul's been talking about it in Sports Center. It's probably worth bringing up here. EJ Liddell has officially entered his name into you know the NBA draft process. It's not doesn't, surprising. Doesn't mean he can't come back. Uh, he it, it is left uh, with the you know possibility that he could return, but. I'll tell you, I, you know, Ted and I were talking about this off the air. I think that he has certainly improved quite a bit as a player. I think he has more of a potential as an NBA player than like Caleb Wesson did, you know, when he Oh, no question about it. But I do think just, and I'm not saying this as a Buckeye fan. I'm saying this as someone looking at him as a basketball player. The thing that I think will be a problem for him in the NBA, or at least when scouts watch his film, is him with the ball when there is a man guarding him and he needs to put the ball on the floor, not backing someone down from 12 or 15 feet out, talking like you get the ball three-point line extended and then you've got to work your way in and get a shot. Against NBA defenses, he does not have that part of his game right now. He does not have the put you on skates and hit a three. And at his size, 6'7", 240, there's, there's dozens of guys that can do that. I mean, you've got to be, at least have some part of your game like that. Either that or you have to become one of the most physical players in the NBA, which he's a very physical player. I just, I wonder if he can, you know, get to that point where, like, you look at Matrez Harrell from Louisville, who now has been in the NBA for a few years and he does pretty well. That guy is a very physical player. And I, I wonder if EJ can get to that next level doing that. Another year in college, I don't think would hurt him. I do know some guys look at that as well. If you're in college for three years, does that diminish how good you are, even if you polish your game up and it's really nice? Is it better to just go after two? I think there's a chance he goes. I don't think it's a like foregone conclusion that he's coming back, but certainly I think another year would, would be very helpful to him. Frankie Lindor, Francisco Lindor, who is, of course, now with the Mets, has apparently turned down a 10-year, $325 million deal to stay with the Mets. He's previously said that he's going to go to free agency if he doesn't have a deal in place by opening day, which is tomorrow, because he does not want to negotiate a deal during the season. 
I don't know. I don't believe in deadlines for the most part. I think it, whatever his number is, let's say it's 350. Okay. So you're telling me on Friday, which is past the deadline because the season starts on Thursday. Right. If on Friday the Mets call and say, Hey, you know, we thought about it 10 at 350. We're willing to do it. He's going to say, No, I had a deadline. No, well, he's, he's taking that deal. Yeah, he probably is. But I think he and the Mets are both saying, there isn't any further negotiation, right? So the issue is for him, at, at what point do you just cut it off and say, I don't want to think about this anymore? You know, I guess, yeah, if his agent gets a call and says, here, we're willing to meet all your terms, you know, would he want to just completely, you know, go back on what he said? Probably so. But I think the answer is the Mets are not, if, if they were willing to do that deal, why not do it now? The Mets have been saying this is their last best deal. This is the this is it. This they, is everything. Do you know how it's, many times they stupid. say that with negotiations? I know, they, I know they do, but the whole point is it's stupid. And especially when your player has said, "This is my deadline. I'm not moving off of it." The Mets say, like after he said that, they're like, "Oh yeah, us too. We don't want to negotiate in the season either. So this is it, last best deal." And he was like, "No, <laughs> I mean it. I want a better deal, but I'm not going to negotiate throughout the season. I can become a free agent." What are the Mets going to do here? They, you would think, would be wise to come back one more time with a truly better offer. So we'll see how uh, the new owner, Steve Cohen, we'll see how he does with well, that. Well, and, and let me let me say this, too. I, I don't think that's a <laughs> breaking news. I don't think $325 million is a terrible offer. I don't. I think no. it's a very reasonable offer. I would not be willing to give Francisco Lindor $400 million if that's truly what he's looking for. Then if I'm the Mets, I'd try and win the World Series and... You know, get my draft pick compensation next year and go on my merry way. And sadly, and I say this for Indians fans because you knew this was coming. You could have traded this guy two years ago and gotten tremendous value for him. Sadly, the Mets didn't have to give up a lot to get Francisco Lindor. No. So as disappointing as that would be, trust me, I would much if I'm a Mets fan, I much rather would have him under contract for ten years. But if Mr. Cohen always here says, I just can't make this work financially and I feel like he's being unreasonable. You can go out there, try and win this year, and then say goodbye. And at least you didn't give up five of your top prospects to get him. Yeah, I, I tend to think that, as a Mets fan, it would be frustrating for me that they don't have a deal done by the start of the season. Because I do want to see him in a Mets uniform long I understand. Term. I get it. But, yeah, it... it it would just be frustrating not to have a deal done because you're arguing about 20 or 30 million dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. If, if their best offers 325 and he says, I'll take nothing less than 400. Thank you. That, that I understand is a lot well, and, of and again, to make up. We're but. looking, we're looking at the raw numbers here, right? I, I don't know because a lot of this may be, well, I don't have a problem with the 325 or we can get to the number, but we can't agree on when that money should be paid. Perhaps the Mets are looking at this saying, we want to defer a lot of this money, and Francisco Lindor says, "No, I don't want to do that. I yep. I want I want my money up front. I don't want to have to wait ten years down well, the road." Betts, Mookie Betts' deal was twelve a twelve year extension for three hundred sixty five million dollars. He got sixty five million of that as a signing bonus. Right, right. I mean, so that that is part of maybe where you're right, where the d discussion could be that they are talking about how much of that money do I get right up front? It's all guaranteed. You're going to well, get of, all of course it. it is. And but let's but, talk about you know uh, let's compare those two players for a second. As much as I like Frankie Lindor, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to have a tough time deciding. 
between Mookie Betts and Francisco Lindor, right? I well, mean, sure, but I'm taking Mookie Betts. Yeah, and but Mookie we're Betts talking is about available. <laughs> That's no, 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 the thing. I, I know right. he's not available. We're talking about market value here. He just signed a 12-year deal for $365 million. If Lindor wants more than that, then that is a that is a touch unreasonable. That's not yeah, to say the I, Mets I won't wind up paying it. No, don't get me wrong. I, I agree with you on that, that I think Mookie Betts is a better player. The deal is, though, like the Mets want to show that they are for real. They There is that whole perception thing in New York, too, where you're always kind of in the Yankee shadow. They want to show... No, we're New York's team for the next few years. No, no, anyway, no I, I get that. that we want to we want to show we can bring in our big gun too, and we think he can be Mookie Betts. You know, like like as far as accolades and all this other stuff, we think he's going to be our our key piece to a World Series team. That's what we're anticipating, and so it is something that yeah, there should it should just all be about are you better than Mookie Betts? No, then you shouldn't get as much money as him. That's that makes a lot of sense to me. But I do think the Mets are looking at this partially from a perception standpoint to say, well, we gotta we gotta land our guy. We gotta make sure we're gonna get a good deal, but also not just suddenly not have this player. No, that we made I, I all understand, but you also have to put about. yourself in the best position to win and win the World Series. And there there comes a point, there comes a dollar amount. And I don't know what that is for the Mets, where you say we can we can take all of this money, go out and get four guys who we think can help us win the World Series instead of taking all of this money and throwing it at Frankie Lindor. I don't know yeah. what that dollar amount is, right? Yeah. I guess if you believe them, it's three hundred and twenty five million dollars. I mean, I don't I don't know, but I'm surprised they haven't been able to work something out this offseason. Yeah, I am too. I think that's a that is certainly something to keep an eye on for the Mets going forward. I, like you said, it won't affect them necessarily this year because I do think once they get past, okay, maybe the weekend, <laughs> maybe maybe cooler heads prevail on like Friday or Saturday right. and a, a giant deal gets signed and that's that. But if it goes past the weekend and it's not done, yeah, I think they're probably going to be at an impasse the rest of the way unless something gigantic happens. Uh, and then at that point, you know, either way, one side's going to be losing because either there's been a terrible injury or Frankie Lindor is playing the best baseball of his life and the Mets go, oh, crap, we should have done what he wanted to do because that's going to cost us even more this offseason. Name dropping with Jeff Rimmer coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Still watching an accident on Weber Road at Cleveland Avenue. It is taking a bit to get this clear. This accident does involve an injury. Please be cautious as they work to get things cleaned up and plan on slowdowns in the meantime. This traffic report is sponsored by LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Tax season can be a big headache if identity thieves steal personal info from your tax forms. LifeLock helps protect, monitor, and restore your identity. No one can monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. Promo code RISK. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Biggest name dropper of them all, the CBJ's Jeff Remmer. Every single Wednesday this here time, we talk to our guy, television voice of your Columbus Blue Jackets. It's name dropping with Jeff Remmer on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Hello, Rims. Good afternoon, guys. 
Every time uh, Elvis really speaks, he always talks about how he wants to be the guy and, you know, he wants to play every single day, which, of course, is not going to happen. That's just not the nature of this game. But he wants more playing time. He was clearly fantastic last night. Do you think he's going to get himself the, the lion's share of the work moving forward here? Well, the Blue Jackets are in a situation where they need two points every night. And Elvis actually made it clear after the game Sunday uh, in Detroit that he needed to play more. He really wasn't in any rhythm and basically said he wanted to be the number one guy. He came back and backed that up with an outstanding performance. In fact, I give him a lot of the credit uh, for the Blue Jackets uh, win in Tampa last night. Uh, John Tortorella was asked uh, what his plans are. Is he going to go back to the goaltending tandem? Uh, currently, uh, Corpusalo is hurt. He, again, he didn't back up uh, last night. Uh, and uh, I think it's Elvis's net to keep if he continues to play as well and as effective as he did last night. Certainly this weekend, the Blue Jackets have back-to-backs in Florida, so that might be a situation if Corpusalo is healthy enough to play, although in the last set of backups, why we saw uh, Elvis play uh, both ends of uh, the back-and-backs against Detroit. But the Jackets need wins, and if Corpus Allo, uh is hurt, number one, and uh, more importantly, if, if Elvis continues to play the way he does, I suspect he'll be uh, the guy in the nets here for the foreseeable future as long as the, the Blue Jackets continue to win. This is kind of more of a, I guess, broader philosophical question when it comes to the roster and the moves that may happen at the deadline rims, but where do you think the team is right now as far as Yarmo's thinking when it comes to game to game, week to week, you know, you had a couple bad games in Detroit. That, in my mind, should have sealed the deal on what they're doing at the trade deadline. But then, you know, they go out last night and they get a W. If they were to do that a couple more times in a row here, I'm just saying, do you think Yarmo is sitting there looking at that week, you know, day-to-day going up and down and back up, or is he kind of already set on what he's going to do either way? I don't think he's set. Uh, I, I think these games here, and, and I said it last week, I think these games are awfully important. Uh, the two games with Tampa, certainly uh, tomorrow night uh, we'll see Vasilevsky as opposed to McElhaney, and then you go into Florida, and uh, they're playing uh, lights out right now, and Sergei Bobrovsky all of a sudden has found the Bobrovsky A game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, if the Jackets are able to continue to win games and stay in the hunt, Again, they're just three points back, 19 games to go. I think it could go either way. Uh, the trading deadline is not till a week Monday, and I think we'll have a better and clearer picture after these games uh, against uh, Tampa tomorrow and Tampa next Tuesday and Thursday in Columbus, as well as the two games this weekend against Florida. Name Dropping with Jeff Rimmer, brought to you by Rimmer's Friends, buyers imports by the airport. Would you like to talk to us about your friends' rims? Boy, would I ever. Uh, I was out seeing the boys this week. And you guys are laughing. And the cars are moving out at Buyers Imports. But at the same time, they're looking for cars, and they want to buy your cars. Oh. In fact, Boone Hall, who runs the collection right now, to get additional cars on the lot, they'll pay you top dollar. And what if I have a dead body on? in my trunk? Will that increase the value or hurt the value? <laughs> Well, I can't comment on that because I'm not the guy buying the cars. That's something you'd have to take to Boone Hall and ask him. But he would like to see your car with or without bodies in the back seat or the trunk. 
and uh, he's willing to give you top dollar. Uh, they need cars, and whether you're trading your car in or not, if you want to make a trade, they'll still give you a top dollar for your car. Rims, so, are you uh, saying at the head to buyers? Are at you the saying at the airport? Yeah, are you saying at the trade in deadline they are both buyers and sellers? <laughs> ah, look at that. Uh, one to, one last question before we stop talking. One last question before we get to name dropping. Which team, and you can't say the Blue Jackets, what team in this division has surprised you the most, good or bad? Florida. The Panthers, without a doubt. I did not expect them uh, to be anywhere near uh, the top of the division. And they've got a, sh- a, a pretty good chance here still to win the division. And uh, they are certainly uh, the team that has surprised me the most. Carolina, we expected them to be a good team. They're playing better as well. Uh, I was a little suspect on their goaltending, but uh, Nadelkovich, uh, the Ohio product, has come through and he's played very well. So, yeah, they'd be a, a second to Carolina. And the Blue Jackets have surprised me, uh, maybe on the on the I, flip I, side. I just said they can't. You can't answer the Blue Jackets. <laughs> well, I am because I'm disappointed, as we all I know. are, that that they're fighting for their uh, playoff lives. But understand, they still have a, a chance and a solid chance to make it. Okay, give me some name dropping. What do you have? Well, again, uh, COVID such as it is, they don't get out to uh, meet too many people. But I did get a phone call Sunday afternoon. All right. I uh, and Jody uh, were watching the game as opposed to uh, televising the second game and the back to backs with Detroit after the first period, which was a a very bad period Sunday after what happened, uh, uh, certainly on Saturday. I get a phone call. Take a guess who called. Dougie. No. Second guess. Final guess. Well, Bobby Orr, I'm out. What do you have? Bobby Orr. <laughs> oh, 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 good Lord. <laughs> sitting there, sitting there, watching the game, and all of a sudden the phone rings, and I know it's Bobby because it's a, uh, a coded phone number, and he says, Rims, Rims, what is wrong? I expected so much more from this team. He also represents a couple of players on the team. So he was a little disappointed, as we all were. Man, are you negative need, today? Jesus. Wow, look at that. I need I mean, I was, help, guys. Uh, big I, I victory last yeah. night. Elvis standing on his head. I thought you'd be ready to go leading the cup parade, and instead you're just crapping all over everybody. I'm not crapping over anybody. I need your help here. I've, I've got a bit of a problem. What? Uh, you guys asked me about appetizers. I cut myself shaving, and I'm getting set to go out for dinner here with Jody. And uh, I can't stop the bleeding. Any oh, ideas Jesus. what I can do? <laughs> is, that, is he taking a shot at you because now you've cut yourself, Mike? Is that what's happening? Is that why is you making fun of me because I cut myself before the show? No, I'm, I'm serious. I, I cut I, myself I, on glass before the show. Where did you cut yourself? My neck. You know, Jugular? Neck. I'm bleeding out as we speak. River, get some help, man. Get off the phone with us. Call, call emergency. Call something. I'm and by the way, by the way, now that the fan store has officially opened, what are we going to do a, uh, a name dropping with Jeff Rimmer t-shirt? As soon as I you like. just sort of sign away all the rights to that, because I know that we'll do one and be like, where's my cut? Give me money. I like how Rimmer is bleeding out, but he had a chance before he goes to say, can I get my face on some merch? That's the last request of a dying man. He's just like, I might be not, I might not be here tomorrow with this bleeding out of the, the cut, but I'm going to ask for this before I go.
Well, I'm sure you're going to a nice fancy place. I'm sure they won't mind if you're just bleeding right there at the table. (laughs) I I did try toothpaste, but it doesn't seem to be working. (laughs) Toothpaste? Is that a thing? (laughs) Well, it doesn't Joe. You're going out with Jody, right? Yeah. He doesn't have something that can help you? Actually, you know, he he's certainly had his uh, share of fights over the years. That's NHL what I'm saying. He's done, career. like, surgery on himself over the years. He can help yeah. you. Remember, you got to go get super glue or something. Toothpaste isn't going to do anything. You're not spackling a wall or, you know, filling in a nail hole. you got to cut on your skin. you got to take uh, drastic measures here, buddy. Come on. I thought you guys would help me, but obviously you're just trying to make fun of the situation. Oh, super have, glue. Are you going to have some French onion soup tonight? No, I thought I'd go, uh, and, and yeah, why don't you give me an idea on an appetizer? Because I was thinking, again, as I told you last week, going with a shrimp cocktail to start things off, then followed by a Caesar salad, and how about a big steak tonight? That's right. You want to you actually get it cooked properly tonight, or are you going to get it cooked until it's dead <laughs> twice, like you normally do? No, I, I like a Pittsburgh, though. I, no, you don't right, like a Pittsburgh, it. because Pittsburgh is burnt on the outside and actually rare on the inside. You just like it burnt. <laughs> No, no, no. I like it medium. Medium push to well. Medium push. <laughs> medium push to well. All right, we got to go. Stop it. Leanna's going to kill us. See you later. Enjoy your dinner. Dire, Enjoy bleeding Don't die rims. Get your blood work done. Whatever. Get that all fixed up. Don't get that. Name cut. dropping with Jeff Rimmer on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Back page coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. An accident still being watched on the roads right now. You'll find a crash on Weber Road at Cleveland Avenue. This is an accident involving an injury. Please be careful over here as they work to get things clear. Keep an eye out for the cars as they swerve to avoid this. This traffic report is sponsored by LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Tax season can be a big headache if identity thieves steal personal info from your tax forms. LifeLock helps protect, monitor, and restore your identity. No one can monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. Promo code RISK. Only an array with fan traffic. My Buckeyes show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeyes show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Hello, Timmy. Oh, you guys, man and bone, busy little 24 hours with Buckeye basketball in the yeah, offseason. I, getting underway. I know, obviously, you're going to do this on your show. No doubt tonight but uh give me some some very quick thoughts on Musa Jallo going away or presumably going away entering sure. the portal and then the new transfer that's coming in yeah and we, there's a third part to throw in there too and that's not surprising EJ, EJ right. Liddell is going to test the NBA waters and I I wanted him to test the NBA waters I, I think Dwayne should do it too it's exactly why the system was set up that way and I ultimately think EJ will be back, and I think there's a lot he can use and, and grow on and become a much better defender and be an all-around beast. He could be a player of the year type guy this next year. But I had some friends immediately texting me really down on the Jamari Wheeler get, and I, I got to tell you, I disagree. I was completely excited about it right from the get-go. Well, because naturally the the lazy thing to do is to look at scoring, right? And what is a player? Can he shoot? Can he score? I think this was a very calculated move. I think just from getting to know Chris Holtman and his staff a little bit more in the last couple of years, one of the biggest challenges now to be a coach in this game is roster management, and it is a year-to-year thing. And trying to keep everybody happy and make make sure everyone knows what the roles are. And they know they've got scoring. They were the most one of the most efficient scoring teams in the country. They didn't need to bring in anybody that's going to add shots. 
They didn't need a 15-a-game guy. They got a four-year Big Ten player who was a lockdown defender. Two straight years. Jamari Wheeler is all Big Ten defensive team. That's exactly what they were looking for. He's a pretty good passer. He can see the court well. I just hope he gets a little bit better as a free-throw shooter, which he's shown growth year to year. We need him to be at least 70% to be you know, pretty good at that. But I, I think that's great, and I wish, I wish Musa Jallo all the best. Mm. Naturally, you got to brace and be ready for some guys going out because that is just the nature of the game in 2021. More of that coming up on the Buckeye Show, top of the hour, right here on The Fan. Back page, let's do it. The Back Page. The Back Page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Well, man, I found this story very interesting. I know you're a big F1 fan. We all love F1 on the show. Uh, Daniel Ricardo is driving for McLaren. And the guy who runs McLaren, his name is Zach Brown. Not of the Zach Brown band, but American. Uh, different, different Zach Brown. Yeah, an American running that F1 team. Uh, and Daniel Ricardo is a big fan, or grew up a big fan, of Dale Earnhardt Sr. Uh, that's why his car number's three. Uh, that is uh, like one of his racing idols was Dale Earnhardt Sr. So, Zach Brown owns a 1984 Chevrolet Monte Carlo that was Dale Earnhardt's. Not just one that he drove personally, one that was raced by Dale Earnhardt. He owns a NASCAR stock car of Dale Earnhardt Sr.'s. So there's a video McLaren put out today that uh, he brought Daniel Ricciardo into the office, gave him a little 124th scale replica die-cast car of that Dale Earnhardt number 3 car. You and love he opens it up casts. and he, he looks, yes I do, he opens it up and looks at it and he's like, Oh, can I keep this? You know, he's very excited, like a little kid getting a present. And Zach Brown says, not only can you keep that, if you get a podium finish for us this year, you get to drive Dale Earnhardt's actual race car. I will let you drive the race car, which apparently he never lets anybody drive it. It's a very, you know, it's, yeah, it's a sacred thing, right? It's it's one of the greatest racers of all time. You've got one of his cars that he raced. So now Daniel Ricardo has a new mission in life, Mike, to get a podium finish, a top three finish this year, so he can drive Dale Earnhardt's car. I uh, look forward to watching that storyline in F1 this year. Buckeye Show is coming up next. Inside Edge at 7 o'clock. More Jackets conversation. 11 Warriors at 8. And then what's coming up at 9, Timmy? Oh, a little thing called perverted. And after that, a little <laughs> thing called you'll see. See you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. An accident still causing backups on Weber Road at Cleveland Avenue. Traffic is slow in this area and still building. This accident does involve an injury. Please be extra careful over here as they work to get things cleaned up. This traffic report is sponsored by LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Tax season can be a big headache if identity thieves steal personal info from your tax forms. LifeLock helps protect, monitor, and restore your identity. No one can monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com. Promo code RISK. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.